Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have my esteemed co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, here. Kathy will be on in just a moment. And Kathy and I have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And today's show will be Kathy and myself. Often we have guests that come in and talk about specific areas. But we wanted to spend a little bit more time talking about emotional intelligence strategies for peak performance. A while back, we talked specifically around uh, the EQI and one of the subsets of decision-making. Well, today we really want to talk also about some of the information you get from the EQI around self-perception. And so we want to give you some of the latest updates. We want to zero in on these three. Uh, there's three areas under self-perception. We'll give you some feedback on how we use this uh, and how we can bring this to your organization with the Excel Institute.com, uh, which is the joint website and joint venture that Kathy and I have uh, together. So let me tell you a little bit about Kathy and as many of you all know, Kathy has authored multiple books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Companies Know, and her latest number one bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know. She also, we had a recent show about uh, fearless leaders. Kathy's in the process of doing a whole other uh, book series uh, on that. And she touches millions as a speaker, TV, radio, and media personality. She's the founder of, of the renowned executive consultancy, H2C, which stands for Happy Companies, Healthy People. She currently offers friendly tips and tools to be your best at work on the ABC's The Morning Blend. She has a brand-new iPhone app that's about ready to come out, and Kathy, maybe you can tell us about that, your happiness now. And you can visit her at h2cleadership.com for free downloads, access to your true talents and happiness and job satisfaction. And then our shared uh, website, Excel, X-C-E-L, institute.com that has also a uh, a lot of free information, lets you know about some of the uh, webinars that Kathy and I are doing, really focusing on the EQI. So, Kathy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Relly. You know, I'm really excited about the fact that you and I are going to be focusing in on our favorite subject this year, emotional intelligence. And I know this has been your sweet spot, and you are such an absolute... I want to say knowledge maven, how's that, in the area of emotional intelligence. You know, you've been doing this for a long time. But um, I'm so excited that you have uh, included me in this work, and we're now working collectively as a team, integrating the best of the science of happiness and emotional intelligence. And it's, it's been a lot of fun, and I look forward to more of these programs where we're really just focused on emotional intelligence. And for those of you who don't know my esteemed host, Dr. Relly Nadler. He is a master-level certified executive coach. He is a psychologist, a corporate leadership, and team trainer. And Dr. Nadler brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. And, you know, Dr. Nadler's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries, including yours. His highly respected work is the focus of countless business journals, blogs, and online news features, 
and his programs are a mainstay at leading Fortune 500 companies everywhere. You can visit him at truenorthleadership.com for free emotional intelligence iPhone apps and downloads to access your best performance through emotional intelligence. Now, today, Riley, I think we wanted to focus on the EQI 2.0 tool, but maybe before we get there, we want to say a little bit about how leadership development and our interest in bringing the best leadership development news articles is so important in in really realizing what we're doing with emotional intelligence, how it's grown, and how it is leading the industry in development. Well, thanks, uh, Kathy, and I think that's true. There's more and more uh, information, more and more research about emotional intelligence. We we want to take today's show, like we've done this periodically, and highlighting one of the key tools, the emotional quotient inventory. but why this is so uh, important, a lot of the research, I have this in my book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, that 40% of organizations today say they're going to be experiencing a significant gap in the number of skilled or trained leaders available for new opportunities. The reason for this, there's a historic leadership chaos that's happening and that we talk about this brain drain. One, America has lost 8 million jobs because of the Great Recession. Two, we have so many baby boomers who are retiring, folks between 55 and 65. We're going to have a shortfall of workers, about 10 million. And three, the Gen X, Gen Y, folks in the 30s and 40s who are now entering this new uh, leadership roles. One is there's less of them, and not only is there less of them, but there is also uh, less emotional intelligence. And so we'd like to you look at this almost in a uh, numerical way, for every hour that people are in front of their computer screen or now their iPad or their telephone, and they're not dealing with someone face-to-face, they're missing all these cues that often some of the baby boomers who did not have the technology have. person is grimacing. The person seems to not understand. How do I take those cues in and change my delivery? and be better at able to be able to communicate. So that's one of the, the reasons. And the other thing that we like about this is all the research that we'll share a little bit, Kathy, just about how do you get more people into the top 10%. Well, it's emotional intelligence. When compared to how smart someone is, what's their IQ, or their technical expertise, a lot of the research is now showing that depending on the study, anywhere from 45 to 60, in some studies even higher, the key factors to move up into the top echelon is emotional intelligence when compared to IQ or technical expertise. So we're going to define that a little bit. And then I'll mention one other thing, Kathy, that just that some of the changes in the work world. So this is brand new research from uh, Deloitte Consulting. Many organizations are flatter now than they were, you know, 20, 30 years ago. When there used to be, you know, 17 or, or 22 layers, meaning that there was always the next rung that people could move up to. Well, now there's less rungs. Now the average organization has about seven rungs. And the span of control, how many people that you uh, supervise has also grown from about six, you know, six direct reports to about 15. And so what that means now, there's less climbing up the corporate ladder. There's less rungs. Right. It's more of a lattice. 
It's a lattice, right? exactly. So that, that's that kind of new aspect that, that I think Deloitte has talked about is the lattice. So there's less rungs. It really puts more stress, Kathy, on the leader because you can't offer them a necessary promotion. What you can offer them is inspiration. You can offer them encouragement. You can offer them training. You can offer them developing their skills, which is all the things we're talking about. No, absolutely. And I was uh, recently at a conference board, uh, coaches conference um, in New York City. What I found very interesting is um, the CEO sustainability section, the working section uh, on CEO sustainability opened up with a cartoon, really, and it had... Uh, two male lions, large mane, sitting on their perches in a cage. In comes the trainer holding a chair and a whip. And the one lion looks very casually over at the other and he says, would you remind me why I'm afraid of the chair? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I laugh, uh, you know, so, somewhat uh, quietly, but uh, we do have to make some dramatic changes in how we approach leadership development. We have to make some dramatic changes in how we approach the many difficulties, the brain drain, the lack of emotional intelligence uh, that you and I see every day in companies where we're asked to work, and um, in the introductions to our Leadership Development News programs where we announce many of the statistics on that very subject. So hopefully increasing emotional intelligence through many generations of current and future leaders will be one of the, let's say, um, helpful and most important performance development potential repairs that we can focus on right now. And that, let me just share a little bit more, Kathy, just because we, we want to be as evidence-based as we can, and there's just so much interesting research that we both are on top of. Um, some of the research, and this is uh, out of a group, Leadership IQ, talks about 60 6% of employees don't see their boss enough. And so it goes back to what I said earlier. You know, they they got so many more people that are reporting to him, so they don't see their boss enough. And only one out of five know they're on track. So four out of five people don't see their – they don't see their boss, and they don't think – they don't know they're on track. They don't know, am I doing the right thing or the wrong thing? They're basically kind of flying without a net because their leader is just not as available. And then some of the research from the Ken Blanchard group that I think is also fascinating, when they talked about what do leaders fail to do, well, 82% of these leaders fail to provide feedback, whether it's positive or redirection, regularly. And today, 45% of Americans are satisfied with their work, meaning 55% aren't. That's the lowest total uh, lowest level in 22 years of studying the issue. So let me just say that again. Only 45% of Americans are satisfied with their work, and less than 20% are passionate. This all comes back to, Kathy, what you and I talk about is the leader and the leader's influence so much more than most leaders think. They're just doing their job. They have so many plates that they're spinning and things they have to do. Uh, this aspect of really actually leading others, influencing others, motivating others, is so critical. Well, and you know one of the biggest components of well-being in the workplace, of satisfaction in the workplace, and if you'll recall, the uh, 2012 January issue of Harvard Business Review opened up with, you know, the whole idea of happiness and performance. 
a real sad factor here is that 75% of employees say that dealing with their bosses are are probably the most stressful parts of their day. And, um, you know, 20 to 40% uh, more heart attacks occur with bad bosses, and I'm sure that data is incomplete. But when you have even this little bit of information about how overall well-being in the workplace is being impacted by bosses who don't know how to lead, who don't understand the importance of emotional intelligence, and who are really dragging down the performance and life satisfaction of their employees and therefore dragging down the performance of their organizations. It's just a sad state of affairs. You know, it really is, and hopefully we're bringing some hope and some information and some new tools that people can have. Before we go to break, Kathy, maybe you can say a little bit about kind of what the hope is around this, you know, this set point, you know, around happiness and now well-being. You know, how much, how much is actually under our control? Well, well you know, Relly, we, we know in the world of happiness and the world of the um, wellness and uh, science of happiness factors, we're claiming a 50-50 role right now. 50% is genetic. 50% are those things which you and I would call habits of mind and body. Uh, of those 50% uh, uh, things, habits of mind and body that we can control, about 10% of them will be influenced by the economic environment, by our wellness, uh, by factors perhaps that we may not have as much control over, but that still leaves us a good 40%. So 40% of habits and behaviors that we have choices around every day can truly make a big difference in how we build commitment and create returns on investment of greater than 50% by making the right choices for our own well-being. So that's the, what we're going to be focusing on is this 40% of what you can do differently, and this is where the emotional intelligence in EQI comes in. That's right. That's and right. we're going to go to our first break, and this is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately 
you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. You're listening to Dr. Relly Nadler and Dr. Kathy Greenberg, and we're talking about our work on emotional intelligence and the Excel Institute. So, Relly, let's talk about what's new in emotional intelligence in the assessment world and why we're focused on bringing a new perspective to emotional intelligence. Well, thanks, Kathy. Let me uh, tell you about our frame of reference here is the Emotional Quotient Inventory, now, for about 10 years, I've used the what's called the EQI 1.0, and then Kathy and I, we both just got recently certified in the 2.0. So some of you folks out there have, have seen it. They've done a really nice job with um, publicizing the EQI 2.0, and we want to help in our part in talking more about what's new. So let me first start off with the definition, and this is from the EQI. So what's the definition of emotional intelligence? Well, It's a set of emotional and social skills that influence the way we perceive and express ourselves, develop and maintain relationships, but also cope with challenges and use emotional information in an effective and meaningful way. So what's very interesting about this, uh, Kathy, uh, when we make decisions, so much of our decisions is influenced by emotions, and I think it goes back to uh, some of the myths that we think that we're such rational beings, back to Plato and all the people I've studied 
uh, decision-making. And if we talk about decision-making, so much of decisions also are influenced by emotions. So to make really good decisions, knowing what your emotions are and how you're being influenced uh, by them and how you can influence others is so critical. And so what the EQI did is they set up some new norms, and they looked at uh, people in every different uh, age group, and this is through the U.S. and Canada norms were, and they had 200 men in each different age groupings, and 5,000 adults altogether, and they really looked at the census targets around race, ethnicity, education level, geographic regions, and they looked and they tried to match it. So assume with 4% of, of the census, and this is U.S. and Canada, and then the model uh, changed uh, a bit. So they kind of looked at how some of the key aspects, like, for example, I'll give you one example, um, impulse control was uh, under stress management. Well, now impulse control is under decision-making. For some of the reasons that we just talked about, our last go-around, we zeroed in on decision-making. Today we're really going to uh, zero in on self-perception. We'll get more into that. Um, but the reports are brand new, and Kathy, I wanted to have you maybe say a little bit about the reports, and it's a self-assessment and a 360-degree assessment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I would encourage everybody who's listening to today's show to do is to go to the MHS.com portal, and you can go and uh, peruse the different um, EQI 2.0 uh, tools, uh, you can look at the launch kit, and you can see some of these really incredible and fascinating um, ways in, in which the information has been shared that makes it so easy. Now, one of the things that I really appreciate about the report is the scores are color-coded. And one of the things that it does that I find really helpful is it takes the information, once it's analyzed, and it gives you a composite of information that tells you how what you have just told the EQI assessment report database that has now given you a 21-page feedback report. It, it, you've given it information that's now going to tell you how you're going to be impacting others at work with your EQI feedback. So, for example... Under emotional implications for self-regard, it might say your results may mean that on an emotional level you are driven to achieve your fullest potential, have a more positive outlook on your capabilities, and are more confident in expressing yourself than those with average self-regard. The potential challenge is that you could lose touch with objective uh, assessments of your capabilities draw on reality testing behaviors to maintain a healthy self-perception is key. So you see what it does? It gives you a whole page using what you've given to the tool, what you've input to the tool. It then gives you back information on your self-regard, defines it, shows you how it will impact your work, and then what it really does that I like a lot, really, is it gives you strategies for action that you can follow up on in your profile so that you can identify those things that work, those people that work, uh, a list of strengths and 
specific observations or examples that you can now focus on at work and use to demonstrate your improvement and your self-regard. And these are really powerful ways of taking information you gave to the assessment to use back at the workplace. Um, I cannot tell you how excited I am about this tool, and it's helped me immeasurably learn a lot about myself and my clients. Well, Kathy, I think we're both really excited about that for you know all the reasons uh, that you're saying. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about just some of the, the background and the history, but I think what's good about this is for each of these um, 15 areas, you get a score. And so it's based on similar to an IQ score. Even though there's not a high correlation between IQ and now EQ, emotional quotient, um, IQ is 100 plus or minus 15. So 15 is what's called the standard deviation. So anybody above 115 is in high average. The EQ, which Reuven Boron created in his um, research, really for his dissertation, he created it so we know about IQ, and that with the EQ, it's also based on 100 points, plus or minus 15. So the average is 100. And so for each of the areas, you have a total IQ score, and then there's uh, five sub-areas, self-perception, which we're going to zero in a little bit more today, and then we have self-expression, and then we have interpersonal, and then we have decision-making, which we talked about in our last go-around, and stress management. So these are kind of called composites, or they're kind of the cluster areas, self-perception, self-expression, interpersonal, decision-making, stress management. You get a score for each one of those areas. And then under those areas I just mentioned, those five areas, there's 15 individual um, scores that you will get. So we're going to talk about self-regard, self-actualization, emotional self-awareness. But there's other ones like empathy, problem-solving, reality testing, impulse control, stress tolerance, optimism. I'm just naming uh, some of them. You'll get a score in each one of those. And like Kathy's saying, in your report, it'll tell you, what are some of the strategies? What can you do about that? So a lot of this research goes back to David McClellan. Kathy, you studied his work. I've studied his work. He was a uh, psych- psychologist at Harvard and asked the differentiating question early on. And so this is probably 35 years ago when someone came to him as a Harvard psychologist and said, we're looking for a new sales director for a certain region what should we look for? And instead of telling them what he thought the breakthrough question was, well, do you have any sales directors that have exceeded expectations? They've been highly effective. They've been your top performers year in and year out. And they said, oh, yeah, we have some of those. He said, well, I'll tell you what I like to do. Let me find out what they're doing. We've already established the criteria that they're the best. Let's find out what they're doing and designed a series of interviews to kind of glean out, pull out what are they doing. And then they also interviewed folks who have been year in, year out, year meets expectations. So this database that started with McClellan, the difference between exceeds and meets, difference between highly effective, effective, difference between someone who is a star or average, depending on your organization, you're 
you've categorized them as those different ways. Who wouldn't want to know what are these best people doing? So this database got created uh, for some of the research by David McClellan, some of the research out of the uh, Hay McBurr and then the Hay Group. And then one of the leaders in emotional intelligence, Richard Boyatzis, now is at Case Western. We've done an interview with him. He did one of the first studies on competencies, and a competency is a strength. What do you do extremely well with the Navy in 1975? And then in 1983, and then in 85, Ruben Baran, a Israeli psychologist, did his dissertation and created this emotional quotient inventory. came out then in 1985, and uh, the mental health systems, actually became the uh, producer of it, or publisher of it. And so now that's available, like Kathy said, at mhs.org. And so Ruben Barron coined the term in 1985 of EQ, emotional quotient. Many of us then heard about this a little later on in uh, 1990, two psychologists on the East Coast, uh, Peter Zalave and uh, Mayer, wrote an article and they talked about emotional intelligence. That was 1990. Daniel Goleman, in 1995, wrote the book Emotional Intelligence, and he stumbled on that article by Salave and Mayer and, and started researching it. And then his research led him back to one of his, his research, his doctoral buddy, which was Richard Boyatzis, who was already doing some of this research around competency and ended up using a lot of the research that Boyatzis and that, at that time, the Hay Group, uh, had been researching. And in 1995, he wrote uh, Emotional Intelligence. In 1998, he wrote Working with Emotional Intelligence. And then subsequently, you know, there's been all kind of books, people at MHS, uh, Dr. Uh, Stephen Stein wrote The Executive Edge. There's been a bunch of other leadership books. My book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, all are building on this aspect of emotional intelligence. So, Kathy, that's a little bit about the the background, and, we, and I know on our site, ExcelInstitute.com, uh, we have this document called Return on Investment, ROI, that would be interesting for folks to go, because you and I are going to talk a little bit about some of the research. We'll go to a break now, but then as soon as we come back, we'll talk about some of the return on investment that you get from working with the emotional quotient inventory and emotional intelligence strategies. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. 
Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking about the EQI and specifically the EQI 2.0. It's a tool that Relly Nadler and I are using at the Excel Institute to help executives perform the top 10%. What we'd like to share with you in the next segment and for the duration of the program today is a little bit about the ROI or the return on investment. You know, what does it matter if you find a good tool if you don't understand what its bottom line focus will get you. And, of course, all of us need ways of improving our profitability, improving our training and development, improving our leaders to be better leaders, and selection to create higher qualified future leaders in our organizations. Well, we know what you're up against, and Relly and I have really found a tool that we think makes a difference. You know, it's not enough to say that something works. You need to bring to the table solid evidence, and solid, clear return on investment. And we know that it's clear that the links from the work in the EQI 2.0 really do show us higher sales and profits, increased performance, improved customer satisfaction, decreased attrition rates, and reduction in training costs. And you can find all the data you'd want on any of this information at our site, the excelinstitute.com site. You can go to the ROI document. But what we thought we'd share with you are just a few snapshots of information and really feel, you know, just feel comfortable jumping in here. One of the the things that we know uh, about the EQI 2.0 is it is specific, measurable, and scientifically validated. This tool's been around for more than 30 years. And, of course, as we say, the proof is in the results. You know, if you go to the ROI document, you're going to find samples of different kinds of, um, of company, uh, I'll say, research that, uh, that they have been, uh, I'll say, kind enough to share with the public. And some of this research is by American Express. They were looking for a way to increase 
the applicability of talented associates, but who may have not been top performers and who may have not been in generating profit. They may have been simply good customer service people. They may have simply been individuals with a good understanding of the American Express way. Well, what American Express was able to do using the EQI 2.0 was differentiate between individuals who had the capacity to be better customer satisfaction uh, providers, better customer, um, what we might call uh, care professionals, and also individuals who could lend that star performer quality to being sales professionals as well. And so if you go to the the ROI document, you'll be able to see what some of these takeaways are. They are really astounding. And, Raleigh, I don't know if you want to add anything here, but I'm going to keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let me, I'll just maybe add a couple things. Again, this is from the document. This was a uh, Fortune 100 insurance company, and they looked at their top performers, and they used the EQI, and and was there a difference in every organization? They, you, we want to know what's the difference between high performers and either medium or low performers. Well, their high performers uh, were higher in stress tolerance, meaning that they were able to handle stress better. They were also higher in optimism, one of the things that Kathy is an expert on, and in happiness. They were actually lower in impulse control. And so you wanted somebody as a high performer who was assertive, had some empathy, um, you know, was optimistic. And so the idea is once you identify what these top performers doing or were doing, how do you get, how do you train to that? That's where Kathy and I come in the organizations and can help you, one, identify these top performers and then train to some of the areas so you can hire for them. In this one uh, Fortune 100 insurance company, the growth of these top performers was 15% higher. So how do you train and develop these folks so that you can get that 15% versus just kind of randomly um, focusing on what you may without this information. So that's one of the the studies, Kathy. Anything else you want to share on us before we get into some of this? No, I'm um, happy to continue forward. I just want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to go to that ROI document by going to to www.xlxcelinstitute.com. And in the future, we'll be talking on uh, future programs about the different ROI case studies, including the Air Force, Center for Creative Leadership, and other well-known organizations. Well, so let me share a little bit uh, just about some of the categories. I mentioned this before. And then what we want to do, like we did the last go-around, is zero in on some of the applications that Kathy and I bring through coaching, through training. So, like I mentioned, there's divided into five key areas, self-perception, which we're going to zero in on, self-expression, your whole interpersonal skills, decision-making, stress management. And so underneath each of these, uh, these five areas, there's three competencies, so very nicely organized um, the last time we talked about decision-making, and we talked about problem-solving, reality testing, impulse control. That makes up decision-making. Today we're going to talk about self-perception, which is self-regard, self-actualization, emotional self-awareness, so you have an idea of that. The other areas, just so you know, self-expression. Underneath that is emotional expression, assertiveness, independence. And then you have the whole interpersonal skills, Underneath that is interpersonal relationships 
empathy, social responsibility. And then how do you manage yourself is stress management, flexibility, stress tolerance, and optimism. So today, let's look at self-perception. And then Kathy and I will um, drill down around self-regard, self-actualization, emotional self-awareness. So these are three of the key areas. So what is self-perception? Well, the definition on the EQI, it's designed to assess feelings of inner strength and confidence, persistence in the pursuit of personally relevant and meaningful goals, while understanding what, when, why, and how different emotions impact thoughts and actions. So it's this whole idea of understanding yourself. And the first one that we'll look at, and then we'll give some examples, is self-regard. Well, what is that? The definition is respecting oneself while understanding and accepting one's strengths and weaknesses. It's often associated with feelings of inner strength and self-confidence. So another way of thinking about the self-regard is how confident are your leaders? How confident are your direct reports? Are there some ways that you could raise their confidence? Are there some ways that you could identify uh, their confidence? And so, Kathy, maybe let's split this up. If you want to share kind of where someone is low on that, and then I'll share where maybe they're high, and we're talking about self-regard. Sure. I just want to preface our comments with the fact that within the report, everyone has an opportunity to look at these measures such as self-regard in comparison to their overall happiness, which is a wellness factor, which is a global contributor to our ability to engage and maximize our self-regard. So we don't think of self-regard as an individual behavior. It is a contributing behavior to our overall composite of emotional intelligence, but it does not stand alone. So components of happiness, optimism, uh, go along with this as well. All right? Sure. So let's look at this. Someone who is um, is low in self-regard uh, can be very unsure of themselves. Uh, they might have a lack of self-respect, uh, and they may show or demonstrate signs of low self-esteem. Now, how would that appear to someone? Well, on the surface, it may be someone who is reserved, quiet, makes fun of themselves, uh, someone who uses themselves as a joke or the brunt of a joke for others. They all, well, they could also be individuals who don't talk up much. And um, you may see in their physical appearance uh, a sense of unhappiness. Um, a lack of confidence, uh, perhaps in the way they approach their work, uh, a group, or even when they're with a group, looking as though they're not necessarily committed to the group, not confident, hanging back, or somewhat reticent. Um, Relly, I, I um, want to go through your high components of self-regard, and then maybe we could talk about some, example, sure. some examples of how we see these people in action. So um, let me finish going through with someone who's high as self-assured. They're accepting of themselves. They have high self-esteem, a really good sense of themselves, and they're confident, and they have this sense of inner strength. So when push comes to shove, they're the person that says, I can, I will, 
I can do this. And they're also feeling very uh, fulfilled. So we're going to go to our, our break, and we'll come back with a couple of examples of that, and then we'll also talk about self-actualization and self-awareness. So you get a little taste of the self-perception aspect on the EQI. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, and thanks again for tuning in to Tune Up Your Leadership. You know, we've been talking about the Emotional Intelligence 2.0 assessment tool, and one of the things that we were just talking about is self-regard. Before we went to break, I talked about low self-regard, and what does low self-regard look like? Well, I don't want to iterate all those things again, but I would like to ask the questions. For those of you who heard self-regard and heard it may be low, meaning unsure of yourself, lacking self-respect, perhaps some low self-esteem, here's some really quick questions you can learn to ask through the EQI 2.0 report feedback tool that will help you increase and enhance your self-regard. If you could improve one facet of your life, what would it be and why? Or, aside from material things, what is it about you that makes you truly happy? So, Relly, those are two good examples okay. of how we increase self-regard and happiness at the same time. That's great. You know, sometimes in coaching, Kathy, I, I even give that assignment to folks. What was the best part of your day? Also kind of overlaps with what we're going to talk about. Right, self-awareness. right. Where were you most satisfied? What was most fulfilling? Even asking that question, people have to say, you know, what was? Sometimes it may be very um, enlightening to find out what was your most satisfying, fulfilling part of the day. Sure, or even getting them to focus on it because they may have forgotten about it already. Yeah, or they don't know. So one example I have, I highlight in my book is a, is a person who um, is a car designer, designed 
the uh, Z8. It was a BMW that was in some of the James Bond movies. His name is Henrik Fisker. He was worked with BMW. He worked for Ford for a while. Now he has his own uh, car building firm called Fisker Coach Build. And, he's, and all his vehicles are like 150000 and above. Very, very confident man. So one of the things that was very interesting about him and interviewing him, every lunch he was very good about taking time off and, and working out, so it's that self-regard and feeling good. But he would think about his people. He would think about, you know, their strengths, not only his strengths, but his people's strengths. So that by assessing them during his time, his quiet time while he was working out, he would come back, someone would ask him a question, you know, I'm wondering if we can go do this. I wonder if, you know, here's an idea I had. And because he already pre-assessed these people, he captured the moment in a confident high self-regard way, he said, that is great. Go make that happen. And often people were stunned. Really? I should go do it? Yes. Go make it happen. Well, even though he said it in the moment, he had all this contempt, uh, contemplation about it so that when that person, he trusted them, he knew their skills, he captured that moment that really motivated them. So a good example of, of being confident and how to use that. Very nice. So let's talk about self-actualization. And you want to tell us maybe about someone who's high in self-actualization? Well, you know, self-actualization is the, it's the willingness to persistently try to improve yourself and engage in the pursuit of personally relevant and meaningful objectives that lead to a rich and enjoyable life. So someone who would be high in that self-actualization feels like they have a rich life. Um, the activities they engage in have meaning. They feel self-satisfied. They feel energized. They're passionate and enthusiastic and usually motivated to do their best. And, in fact, they may even have what we might call a spiritual component of their life, something that is inside of them, that's bigger than them, that, uh, that makes them feel stronger, gives them a sense that the world is bigger than just themselves. And, and some examples of that, Kathy, of what people can do, you know, I think we see it in coaching. You know, you really see people, especially around for executive coaching, are already very successful. And you, sometimes you say, well, gee, why do they need coaching? Well, that's the person that's, that's high in self-actualization. They want to get even better. They want to improve even more. They want to look back and say, okay, this was pretty good. What could I do more? And what's great about this is when somebody is self-actualizing or they're trying to improve themselves, the influence they have over others. So imagine your leader is constantly trying to improve themselves, and you're thinking in your mind, well, they're pretty good already. Wow, they're even trying to get better. I wonder if they want me to do that. Well, the answer is yes. You know, so when you see your boss constantly improving, even though they're already pretty good, it motivates all the troops. And one of the things that we would say is, identifying what their strengths are. And so this definition really comes from Marcus Buckingham. Kathy, remember, we, we interviewed him about a strength, and I really like this, is what's a strength? Well, before you're ready to start this activity, there's a pre-aspect that you have a positive anticipation. You go, oh, I get a chance to do this. You're excited. There's that mobilization of energy. During the task, you're in that sense of flow. Time uh, goes by you know, either very slow or very fast because you're just in the moment and you're just uh, in kind of that peak experience. In sports, they talk about flow. 
So because you're, you're not only good at it, but you're getting energy. So there's energy before, there's energy during it, and then afterwards, the post-experience, there's like an afterglow. You reflect back on that, and you go, yeah, that was really good. And so a strength isn't only what you do well, but it's what you do well and you're energy, energized by it. Absolutely. And one of the biggest components of self-actualization is happiness. And when we see self-actualization and we see optimism and happiness are all in balance in an EQI feedback report, we know that that leader is not only demonstrating great leadership with great enthusiasm, but they're a great role model for others around them who want to experience the same thing. Exactly. Well, let's go to the, the third one we're going to highlight today, um, and this is also under self-perception, one of the five areas, and then they each has three areas, is self-awareness. So self-awareness is, includes recognizing and understanding your own emotions. It includes the ability to differentiate between subtleties of your emotions while understanding the cause of these emotions and the impact they have on thoughts and actions on oneself. So really knowing yourself and knowing that changing chemical data, that's an emotion, that changing chemical data, which is really information, it's chemical information for you, how do you use that? And somebody who's high in that, you know, they know their feelings, they are able to understand the changing emotions, they're self-aware, like we said, they're in touch with the feelings, and they can differentiate, but they also, this interesting thing, if they know themselves, they're also really able to read other people well, and then they're transparent enough that people can know them. So I'll mention one, one uh, action or piece of research, and Kathy then see uh, what you want to add to this. In some of the current research around emotional intelligence, it's almost surprising data that when someone is high in emotional self-awareness, when they looked at all these competencies, that was a catalyst to be high in many other areas. So if you're looking at which one should I develop first? That may be a really good one, emotional self-awareness, because it catalyzes some of these other key areas, you know, like empathy, um, reality testing, interpersonal relationships. Someone who, who knows their instrument themselves really well is able to tailor and highly tune their instrument to be highly effective. And someone who has emotional self-awareness is also going to be better prepared for being very good at self-expression and monitoring that emotional expression so that they're giving the right cues to those people around them in their interpersonal relationships. Well, Kathy, that's great um, information, great data. And again, we're only trying to highlight, get you interested in uh, emotional intelligence and then the tool that we're highlighting. <laughs> yeah, but it's so hard not to share with people how each and every one of these components really impacts our overall ability to be successful in so many ways in our emotional and social functioning. Yeah, so true. So if you're interested in more of this, Kathy mentioned, if you go to our website, you'll see the ROI study, ExcelInstitute.com. But also, Kathy and I, if you sign up there, we're going to be doing a series of uh, tele-seminars and more information about how do you raise your emotional intelligence. You can take the EQI and then get on one of the tele-seminars where we'll actually walk through and help you strategize how to turn that into a development plan. Well, not only can we help you turn that into a development plan, we can help you do that 
with up to 10 other people in your organization. It's a very, very good investment. It's also a, a great opportunity for your teammates to learn more about their own emotional intelligence, and it'll also help you in getting everyone on the same playing field and get everybody into the high-performance, well-being environment where we know everybody plays best and gets the best results. And along with that, we have training programs, we have coaching programs. You may want people on your organization to be certified to give the EQI. So the Excel Institute is going to be your resource, you know, to do more of that and develop more top 10% performers. And really don't forget, we have a lot of free programs that we'll be doing this year. And if they go to the Excel Institute, they'll be able to see where we will be appearing in the new year and the near future. And uh, they should stay tuned and uh, look for opportunities to not only get on board, but learn and do it for less. Less budget means more investment for you and the things you love in life. That's great. Well, so... Continue to tune in and to tune up your performance. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll speak with you next go-around and give you some more key tools to develop more top performers in your organization. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.